Welcome back, Slingers, to another week of the Word Slinger podcast. And today we're talking to identity architect Jared Ungaza. Stay tuned. Hey, how you doing on money? I know it's a touchy subject, but uh, I got something that may help you out. See, I'm using an app called Acorns. And it helps me manage some investing, uh, put some money back, get a little interest. It's kind of nice to watch my money grow. So I want to share that with you. Go to kevintumlinson.com acorns and you'll get some free money. See you there. It's the Word Slinger Podcast, where story matters. Build your brand. Write your book. Redefine who you are. It's all about the story here. What's yours now? Here's the guy who invented pants optional, Kevin Tumlinson, the word slinger. Word slinger. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It is uh, the second episode. I'm not going to keep doing this every every week, but it is the second episode of 2020. Did you see that coming? Okay, dad jokes aside, um, this is an interesting interview. Now, last week, episode 204, for those paying attention, uh, we talked with Heath Armstrong about, um, well, about how to get back up, basically. How to, you know, he uh, redefined himself and his career. But in that interview, he mentioned um, someone he met on an airplane. And uh, after the call, he, he was excited about the idea of uh introducing me to this gentleman and that that is our guest today that is today's guest jared ungaza he is an identity architect uh he's an author a podcaster a philanthropist i think i say this at the beginning of the interview so uh forgive the redundancy um but he he's going to be talking to us about you know his work is with uh figuring out who you are figuring out your identity and that's not just um that's that's not just branding for like your business, although it, it can include that. But you know, he helps um, you kind of figure out what how you identify yourself. You know what? I'm gonna let him explain it. <laughs> uh, we're gonna be getting into that interview in a second. I just want to take a minute and uh, thank everybody for uh, the support uh, you've been sending my way. Lots of things changing, man. I got a lot of stuff going right now. Um, now today. I am doing a webinar, a free webinar, with uh, Nick Thacker. Uh, he and I, of course, are launching author.email. Now, if you haven't heard of this yet, uh, I don't blame you. We haven't uh, we haven't spent a lot of time promoting this yet because we were still kind of tinkering under the hood, getting things working. But here's the gist. We uh, are always preaching, we being anyone in the indie author influencing sphere. <laughs> Anyone who talks to indie authors on a regular basis, we are constantly telling you how important an, an email mailing list is. It's your best marketing tool. It's still the most powerful marketing tool out there. Uh, you get to own your platform. Well, uh, Nick and I, for years now, now we've t- I've talked about this in the past and it, it kind of fizzled, uh, but we've got, we've got our, uh, we've got iron in our spine. Now we've got rocks in our stomachs uh i don't know if that's a thing but we've, we we made some progress on this and we are getting ready to launch um now we're going to be launching into a basically we're going to onboard people into free trials as a beta 
part of the beta. You can try it for 30 days free, and then after that, we're going to start um, moving everyone into paid programs if they if they like it, if they want to stay on. So, uh, very reasonable rates. You can find everything. I don't want to announce anything rate wise because. You know, things can change over time. So if you're listening to this in the far future, I don't want you to go and say, Kevin lied to me about how much this cost. Because um, who knows? Who knows what will happen? But so far, I think rates are pretty good. So uh, Nick and I built this because we needed it. That's really the origin of this. So author.email, that's the web address. Author.email. Um, <clears throat> go there now. <laughs> we also have authoremail.com. Go check that out. Um, you can also find this if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, which now points to the podcast. Thank you, GoDaddy, for helping me fix that. Um, so if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com, I've now added author email into the um, the uh, header menu on the page, on the website. You'll also find... Indie Author Blueprint, which we are, I'm building with Roland Denzel, uh, because, you know, I can never say no <laughs> uh, to a good idea. So uh, we're going to be talking about that a little more in the future, but you can get on the wait list for that as well. Uh, we're currently b- populating that with useful materials and content uh, for you, the indie author. It's going to be um, all about vetting and curating the best content out there, uh, generating some of our own content, doing all kinds of really cool things meant to help the indie author community, uh, help you as an author to build, grow, and dominate in your uh, in your author career. So uh, check that out. That's IndieAuthorBlueprint.com. You can find a link to that at WordslingerPodcast.com as well. Um, and then the final thing I wanted to throw out there is that I've been doing a lot more stuff on YouTube for my personal channel and I'm doing a little more for Wordslinger podcast as well so uh, you can definitely check that out if you go to um, actually if you go to wordslingerpodcast.com in the menu up top it says YouTube click on it and that will take you to my personal YouTube channel. And that is where I'm putting a, a ton of new content, uh, some of which will be author related. Uh, you can also find my new show, uh, The Written World Podcast, which is spinning out of my Written World blog, which is also on that, that page. So that stuff's not specifically author centric. It is uh, meant to be a vehicle for finding more readers, but you may enjoy it. And I would really appreciate it if you'd subscribe to me on YouTube. Uh, find this, my personal channel and the Wordslinger podcast channel are both available on YouTube. Um, if you will click on the subscribe button and uh, hit the little bell, that's what they tell you. Hit the little bell for notifications. This is a common YouTube thing if you watch YouTube a lot. Um, but that helps me out a great deal and I appreciate it. So thank you for that help. Now, all that said, we're seven minutes in. Let's, let's jump ahead of the game a little. And uh, I introduced you... Someone I really like, <laughs> a great guy, and uh, someone who with a really interesting career uh, and a career trajectory, Jared Angaza, the identity architect. Stick around after for some final words. 
Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to another uh, Word Slinger interview. Uh, and today we're talking to, I, I was introduced to today's guest by another guest. Uh, and since his episode hasn't aired yet, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you who it was. Uh, <laughs> but I'm talking to Jared Angaza. He is, uh, among other things, it's interesting bio, by the way, Jared. Uh, he is an identity architect, author, podcaster, and philanthropist. Uh, welcome to the show, man. I'm glad to have you here. Thanks so much. Glad to be here. <laughs> so identity architect is probably one of the more interesting titles I've heard in a while. You want to talk about what that is? <laughs> sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I work with brands and influencers and um, I, I, I used to work a lot with government organizations and things like that. But ultimately, I'm helping people figure out their identity, whether it's a brand identity or uh, a personal identity and helping them figure out the greatest value. Like what, what's the value of this? If you bring me a project, you know, what, what's the greatest value? And a lot of times they're coming to me with what they think is the greatest value. And then we unearth something greater even and then yeah. we figure out how to articulate that into a brand. So yeah. I do that with individuals and, and with uh, organizations. I've been doing what's, that a long time. What's kind of at the heart of that? Like how do you unearth someone's what they're really about? If they don't know, <laughs> uh, you know, 25 years. Of I'm going to ask you the easy helps. questions, by the way. These <laughs> yeah. are the easy questions. Right on. Uh, <laughs> experience helps, but it's my, my vocation, career, whatever, life kind of started at, at, at 17 years old where I, I started in heavy into activism and philanthropy. Uh, working with American Indian movement and so on. But that whole journey has led me to just understanding how people work. It's behavioral economics. It's like, why do we, what are we motivated by? What are our fears? Why do we act the way we act and all that? So if I'm trying to get somebody to, uh, you know, change their behavior from a civic society standpoint or, or social standpoint, or to, you know, buy this thing or go to this retreat or, or you know, or whatever it is, if it's private sector or, you know, charity world, it's really just why do we do what we do? What makes us us? What makes us tick? What makes us make decisions? Right. Um, so I'm I'm always just looking into that, and and that's helped to be to to be able to intuit kind of you know what's going on with someone and or a brand in terms of um, I can read them well because I can see what they're coming in with, hear a little bit of backstory, have a couple conversations, get some baseline kind of understandings, and then immediately start to look and see, okay, here are opportunities for you. Here yeah. are places that maybe haven't been unearthed. Um, and, and I have, you know, a lot of systems and processes sort of in the, from <laughs> pulling kind of from the psych psychotherapy community <laughs> and practice yeah. and it, to kind of push people into understanding and, and going, Oh my God, like <laughs> I didn't know that about myself or the brand or whatever. Yeah. We pull that out and unearth that. And then we say, okay, now how do we say that in a way that speaks to your target demographic, the people that, that care most about what you do. See, and I like how you, you put that because you, you said to find sort of unearth the, the hidden opportunities, which is something I'm all about. Like I, I think most of us, especially the, uh, you know, most of this audience is uh, independent authors, right? Yeah. I think there are hidden opportunities and branding is something that they hear about a lot, but I don't think they they don't get the full story, what branding means. Like they, they think of it's it as storytelling in a large, yeah. I mean, largely. Yeah. That's exactly the way I think of it. So what, uh, I mean, if you were talking, I, I don't know, do you deal, I'm sure you deal with a lot of people who are authors. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, my dad is an author and and teaches people how to be authors and hangs with Seth Godin and those guys, and they're all taking the publishing world on. And yeah. I've been my in the middle of that growing up in it, <laughs> huh? And my buddy Seth. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, everyone thinks he knows Seth Godin because he answers all the emails. You, you oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's a yeah. I grew up with uh, with his influence for sure, um, and then he and my father have worked together quite a bit over the years, and um, I'm grateful for that influence for sure. But then my my dad and I wrote a book together as well. Um, when was that? 2011 or so. Um, or maybe was, I can't, yeah, somewhere around there, but it's, uh, it's available on Amazon wisdom meets passion. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that was a great, uh, experience for me in a lot of ways. You know, I'm a writer and I've been a blogger and, and all that for a long time, but then writing with my father, uh, was, was a great father son experience. Trust me right. in terms right. of just when he asked me his, his publisher, random house had asked if we would do a book together. And I thought, well, he'll probably say no. And he didn't. <laughs> he wow. said yes. So we did it. And it was really beautiful. It was, it was great for our relationship. But it was also great, you know, to learn how to write a book. Yeah. What was that process like for you? Was it uh, different than your, everything you're used to? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm a blogger. So everything's just mine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. I don't have yeah. editors and publishers and whatever, or my father, for that matter, <laughs> involved a co-author, you know. Um, right. I... It, it was great. I liked the structure of it and the process. I was living in Mombasa, Kenya at the time. Um, so I wrote my portion of the book and, uh, sitting on the balcony overlooking the Indian Ocean, usually in my board shorts. Um, nice. And that was a great way to do it. Uh, and it, so it worked in the way that dad would write a, he wrote a chapter, send it to me, and then I'd write my response to that chapter from my perspective from another generation, from another, you know, experience of life. I was living in the Muslim town of Mombasa in Africa <laughs> on the coast. And my dad was writing from his cozy office in Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. So it was an interesting um, discussion and, and, and the things that we got into. We have very similar core beliefs and very different tactics and methodologies. That would, that would, I think that would track with the whole father and son thing though. You know, mm-hmm. I think all fathers and sons could could maybe make that claim, especially as sharing values, you know. And we yeah. should we've since we've talked about your dad a lot, we should mention your dad is Dan Miller. He's the guy who's written books that a lot of my audience have read. Oh, um, really? Okay, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm not surprised by that actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the whole 48 days thing, I mean, anybody who is uh out kind of uh trying to build uh this type of business, this type of Depends on the type of author you are. I'm the type wow. of author who's read all of his books. So, oh wow, that's that's yeah. great. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that was actually, believe it or not, though, that was not actually a factor at all in uh, asking you to be on the show because I didn't realize it until this morning when I was looking at. Oh, really? Uh, your your body of work to get ready for the show. <laughs> oh, that's so. great. <laughs> not the first time that's happened, and I, I I'm, and I appreciate it. It's all good. <laughs> you guys don't have the same last name, man. So it's hard to put that together instantly. We talk about that in the book a little bit. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a reason behind that. Yeah. So that's the one uh, Dan Miller book I haven't read yet. Shame on me. Um, I I need to get. <laughs> I'll get, get you one. Give me your address. Oh, look at you! No, I can I can pay for my own books, buddy. Uh, so okay, so you guys, uh, you pinned this book, and what was the the sort of what was the drive behind that? Like, what was the goal? Random House just asked you guys to do this together, just out of the, out of the blue. So they asked him. Yeah, I mean, I was yeah. in I was in Africa, but uh, in Africa, right? 
I, something had happened. And, you know, I think I might've been back for one of my, or, or during, it just happened to be during one of my father's events. He does quite a few events. Yeah. Um, and I think there was a publishing one or something that happened where he asked me to get up and speak. Cause I was just in from Africa and he usually, when I am, he usually will have me say something. And I right. did. And that was when the, one of the, his reps or publishers, somebody from, from random house was there, I guess. And then, and there was a discussion about that, but they, they, uh, yeah, dad had, had thought about it, I guess before. And it just happened and, yeah. uh, came together and I was really honored. Um, and excited to like, yeah, I get to write a book, you know, I'd been talking about it for a long time. It was really are cool. You, and now you, I'm, uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I am. I, I've got, I've got a couple <laughs> more in the works. Um, I got my distracted. segue. I was trying to segue to your, <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. I saw it coming. That's good. Um, I, uh, I, I got distracted with the book writing because I, it, I, I ended up writing a course mm-hmm. on the integrated identity and, 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 and then I, as I wrote the course, right before I launched it, I started a, a mastermind group. And now we're launching it through the course, through the mastermind group as the part of the curriculum or the kind of the baseline of the curriculum. Okay. Um, and it's a, a new mastermind community that we've put together and it's called uh, Passage. Okay. And it's a, it's a modern rites of passage and integration society, but it's, it's for people that are looking for, or I should say men that are, are looking for conscious manhood and how to have a community to support that and so on. Mm. And we've been, we haven't gotten our, we haven't gone through our rites of passage. We didn't have those as most Americans uh, don't. Right, right. And we, you know, we struggle to find some of the, the courage and the clarity and the wisdom and things like that, that we want. Um, and that our ancestors were used to getting and yeah. we don't cause we don't go through those processes. Certainly not to that extent or the same. Um, so, so we're really recreating some of those. There's it's four 12 week programs and each one has an initiation that you could then go yeah. into the next, uh, next level. And it's, um, just a kind of a culmination of 25 years of studying humans <laughs> and, and figuring out, you know, and, and on my own path, obviously we always teach, you know, what we've gone through and, I've, yeah. I've been on that path of trying to discover my own identity and um, who am I? It, big questions. Who am I? Why am I here? And what am I committed to cause? Right. Last one's a big one. Yeah, um, it's a big one. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's just like that. When I take those three questions and I have all these processes for that, when I take people through all that, um, it's just magical. I mean, you get it. It's like you get into the attic of someone's mind, like where they yeah. haven't been in a while. Yeah. And we get to really discover some amazing things. It's like therapy often for both of us, but, um, we get in there and, and, and yeah, I've had clients, I had one here recently that just, and he's just exploded into a, like another being. <laughs> he's just yeah. like a totally different guy now because he was liberated through understanding this stuff about himself and his real value and things like that, that he just hadn't paid attention to. Yeah. Um, I like working with individuals that way. I mean, I've done the brand thing and the government thing, those big projects and you know, they, they pay well and that's nice, but well, and I, and <laughs> I like I individual one-to-one. Yeah. I was kind of teasing it earlier and I, and I meant to correct it, but the reason I, uh, you and I connected is cause I, I interviewed Heath Armstrong, which I think yeah. he was one of your, maybe, maybe not a client, but I mean, it kind of a, at the uh, early pro- stages of this, he was kind he, of, he's Heath. I met on a plane you know, we had a crazy yeah. story. I was coming back from Rwanda or maybe I was heading back to Rwanda from the States. I can't remember. 
but it was after a bunch of crazy stuff. And I, I was on a plane and I think I shared some stories and we connected and uh, I sent him my dad's book right after that. Right after he got off the plane, I, t- I texted my sister and said, hey, send the book to this address. <laughs> and, uh, and that got Heath. And it wasn't until years later that he he contacted me again. And he said, hey, man, through the conversation on the plane and the book that you sent and, and whatever, it literally like changed the course of my life. Yeah. And then we connected at that point and um, have been fr- friends, I guess, now for three or four, three or four years. And then he's... Uh, he's been out here to San Diego. Yeah. I am directly under the flight path in San Diego. You may hear that <laughs> um, <laughs> in Ocean Beach here, but Heath is, is coming and he's part of the family now. I mean, oh, wow. like literally like hangs out with the fam. He's hung out at my house with my family when I've been gone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So we just, we've gotten to have such a great relationship. And then I just interviewed him on my podcast on Noetic. Um, okay. And then he'll be, uh, yeah, I- be out here shortly. Yeah, we have to. I re, I got to reconnect him with him because uh, we we tried to get me on his show and then uh, things just kind of uh, we get we both got busy and went in d- different directions. So I need to reach out to him. Uh, yeah, he's a good guy. I liked him yeah. a lot. Yeah, uh, and he is good friends with Honoré Quarter. I don't know if you know her. No, I don't. Yeah, so uh, she's another like she's a kind of a frequent guest of the show. I've had her on like three times now. Oh, cool. I'll and check it out. Time to reach out to her again. Uh, really? So let's talk about your uh philanthropy work like what's the uh because you've got a, a a book or program i can't which was it or both you're building the, something yeah <laughs> yeah it's it's kind of a, a a mixed bag there i wrote an ebook so it's kind of a book but um it, it's just a you know it's a presentation and it's called natural born philanthropist mm. and it, it's really just about uh i i believe that we you know not to get too metaphysical, conscious. Get as metaphysical. As you <laughs> um, I that's that's the, where I usually am. Um, it's we we come from love, man. We're we're from that source of love, and we're we're trying to realign with that. I think is, um, you know, I have four kids, so I get to study kids a lot, <laughs> you know, and I, I'm studying that, and you know, I studied biology and in, in that early childhood development and all that, and it's just so interesting to, to look at like how we were created, where we come from, the things that we come into this world with. And then we get all this chaos and, and rubble and static, yeah. you know, on top of it throughout our lives. And, and, and the, these agreements that we have that uh, with, and these beliefs that we have that, that come from all of this influence from outside. Yeah. I think like when I'm working with a client, a lot of what I'm doing is just kind of like chipping all that stuff away to kind of get back to the core of their authentic self, like who they are, their highest self. Yeah. And uh, as a, I think that part of that, there's, there's an intrinsic desire and in, in, in kind of element of us that is designed to be in communication and in, in relationship with other humans. I don't think we're fully human alone. Yeah. Um, so as we engage with other humans and we do that in a loving way, uh, we, we have the ability to connect and, and, and bring, when one of C.S. Lewis's friends died, um, he's like his best friend. And he said he, he, in that moment, he mourned the loss of the elements of him, C.S. Lewis, that only his friend could bring out of him. Yeah. Um, and I thought, wow, what an amazing, uh, example of our, our, our testament to our interconnectedness. Yeah. Um, so as a, that the whole concept behind the natural born philanthropist uh, scenario is just that I believe that as we lean into that innate element of us, 
we find more joy and satisfaction and fulfillment and, and, and all that, you know, as we live by our values, living by our values always brings us joy. We just don't yeah. do that often sometimes. Right, um, right. So, and, and the thought of doing it and the change and whatever seems like dread, you know, sometimes, but uh, when we actually do it, we're rewarded for that. And, and we, um, and it, and it self perpetuates in that way. We have to kind of tip the scale, I guess. But, and then also in this, in this, I, uh, this document, I, I created four paths of philanthropy and, and broke it down and said, look, if you want to look at philanthropy, here's a way to look at it. And I use philanthropy because it means, uh, it, it translates to loving humans, like to, to love another human. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, philos and, and anthropic. So, so there's, um, there's a, it's just, it's who we are. We're naturally born that way. And I think we have to realign with that, realign with love and realign with that um, natural philanthropic side of us to love humans, to be loving human beings and to love human beings. <laughs> you know, it's part of being human. Um, but it's also, you know, there's, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. I think people get confused in that. And I've just said, look, here's a tool. If you want to look at it like this, you know, are you easing pain like mother Teresa are you changing the system, you know, like Elon Musk or Richard Branson or something, right. or, or are you changing the consciousness of the people um, that then goes back and affects everything else that you would have done prior to that? It's like, it, it, as we, we change the, I'm more interested now in changing the way people think yeah, in the, the way that people see the world. Yeah. If I can see another human as a commodity to traffic them, I worked in anti-trafficking, um, that's a fundamental problem. I can fight trafficking all day, or I can start to fight the thing that causes people to see people as other other people as a commodity, yeah, uh, rather than a human. Um, so it's just you know, and and we I think there's no right or wrong way. We need all of them. We need all those things. But we right. we need to also I think the clearer we are as a philanthropist of what we're actually doing. If you're easing the pain, if you're dropping food in on a refugee camp you're not solving any problem for in terms of what's causing that refugee camp to perpetuate. You're right. just easing the pain. We have to have that. That's mother Teresa. That's Jesus. We need it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we need that love, but uh, you know, and, and then we need people to change those systems as well. And I think we also need people then to change the, help change the consciousness, to shift the consciousness so that we're not having to combat it with other systems all the time. And that's true. And that's, you know, every successful system has, layered processes it's not like you can just push one button and you're going to solve everything that's why you know, like you said dropping food on a refugee camp um even things like the save the whale campaigns things like that going yeah. off and picketing or going off and attacking boats or something like that can can momentarily change the conversation or yeah. change the action, but it doesn't solve. We, we need little shocks to the system every now and then. Right. And we need we need awareness and we we need pressure. So that kind of activism is important. Awareness, um, yeah. but then we, yeah, and, and then you know, there's guys out there that are you know, it's like Scott Harrison from Charity Water. You know, he yeah. just changed. He flipped the whole thing on its head. And Scott does amazing stuff. I remember when he was just starting out and he, he actually introduced me to my wife now that I think about it, in, uh, in Uganda. And he, the stuff that he's done with that, it, it's like I use Charity Water as an example all the time. I said, look, if you want to raise money, here's how you do it. <laughs> this yeah. is, or here are some ways you know, that are very innovative and effective. And I, I think that's, that's, it's got to happen. 
you know, yeah. and then, there, then there's the philosophers, you know, out there that are trying to change the way people think. That's kind of where I, I've ended up now. But it was after working on the other two <laughs> uh, paths for a long time in my whole life. I've yeah. been a frontline activist and on the ground 10 years in Africa and, and so on. So it's, uh, I think the clearer we are about what we're doing, the more likely we are to be successful doing it. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And, and those, those experiences kind of being on the front lines, even if that's not what you uh, represent now, that's the stuff that taught you what you needed to know in order to influence how people think. It gave me the perspective to be able to address the way people think. Yeah. 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 I think I am uh, probably in the same general boat you are, although I'm not as altruistic as you are. I think you're, you're a much purer soul than I am, Oh uh, no. <laughs> but I do, but I am working to try to change the world by changing how people think. Absolutely. Uh, mostly talking to authors about it though. So <laughs> hey, well, I mean, half the stuff that you look at all the stuff in our heads, right. it came right. from other authors, right? That's, that's my, that's <laughs> my evil plan is I want to influence yeah. authors to go out and influence the rest of the world. <laughs> influence influencers, man. I got a whole campaign on that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You got a lot going on, man. Well, how do you keep all this spinning? I mean, you've got, do you have like an organization behind you or what? Uh, this is one slowly developing sort of uh, just happening organically now, but no, I have not for four or five years. I had a whole creative agency in Nairobi yeah, uh, with 18 staff and so on. Um, but, and that's still going on there, but I left there about four years ago or so. Uh, so now it's just me and, you know, a, a couple of uh, uh, assistant or a virtual assistant kind of setups or whatever. Uh-huh. That's, that's it right now. It, it is quickly turning into a few things with all of my colleagues around the We're sort of masterminding and workshopping our own stuff and um, figuring out how to, how to help each other. You know, it's worth mentioning. I am sitting here in Ocean Beach, San Diego, right, in a large house with a huge front yard, which is a total unicorn in this neighborhood. And right. we found it and it's two, we have two families, ours and another family that live together in a co-living situation. They're famous, you know, on the, in their own right and YouTube and podcasts and things uh-huh. like that, that they do. Um, and they do their, their, their marketers and and they're very much in the conscious discussion uh, as well as I am. And it's just, we, we have this amazing community here. People ask us a lot, you know, how do you do all what you do? How do you do that? I'm like, we could not do it without our community. That's right. what, that's literally the key thing. Like all this self-actualization journey we're on and at this certain level, it's like, again, we're not fully human alone. You can only get to a certain level on your own, I think. And then there's the community that comes in and to to support and refine and challenge and all those elements that come in. I'm sitting here looking out in my front yard and there's like a whole flock of people down there. Other, I don't even know half the kids down there, (laughs) Uh, but that's, that's part of what makes all this work. And, you know, we get together for dinner and we end up workshopping a a project for an hour and and come out the other side with something beautiful and it's, and it's collective. It's not just me, which is even better. Yeah, I think that's oh, that's sort of at the root of who we are as a species uh, and who we're trying to become, you know? It's like we're yeah. born individuals. We basically came from an environment where we were one with another human being. And then we spend the rest of our life first trying to be completely individual and independent and then realizing how much we need everyone else. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Now we're coming back to community and like we've been taught, you know, that inter we didn't even taught anything about interdependence. It was codependence or independence. <laughs> yeah. Right. And I'm like, wait, there's another one. <laughs> there's a third. There's and a that's third where way. we're at now. And our if this third way, it's yeah. I have another the third way, man. There's your book title. Oh, do you um, really? Oh, I have all kinds of it. domains and stuff attached to that. I used to have an organization actually, but yeah, it's a third way thinking. It's there. The, that's very much the kind of the core of my philanthropic approach. There's yeah. always another way. There's always a peaceful way. Uh, yeah. It's not if if you haven't found it in your black and white one, you know, right or wrong answer, you haven't gone far enough. There's always a third way. It's just always, it, it feels painful to consider a third option. I think people it does, but, and that's, that's where the real juice is. That's the wisdom. That's the, that, I mean, honestly, that was Jesus thinking like somebody would say, well, it's this way or this way. And he'd go, Oh, like, you know, like I'm in there like Luke Skywalker or Yoda or something. And he's like, look, this, there's actually this other way. If you come around this way, it looks entirely different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, and I love that. And that's, it's, I employ that third way concept quite a bit, actually. Yeah. I, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. You got, you got that vibe about you, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool. Learning, it's working for the masters. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that's the, that, that's a key component too. It's like, you don't have to, I, I have, uh, I wrote recently wrote down all my principles cause I'm reading, uh, mm. The, that book principles uh, and the, the author's name has completely blown out of my head, but uh, I was writing them all down. And one of those is sort of, you know, uh, I don't have to control everything to use everything. Right. Uh, uh, there's opportunities everywhere. I've got all these principles that I've been mapping out and I'm starting to see a theme. Mm-hmm. And that is that if I, if I can change my perspective, change how I look at things, I gain new opportunities. All change leads to no, new opportunities. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely. Uh, so you are, uh, well, the whole philanthropy side of your business is really intriguing to me. Um, and I'm, gl- I'm happy to hear that you're, you're doing all that. You see, you're seeing so many different pies though. Like what, <laughs> is, there, is there like a unifying theme to everything you do that you could sum up? <laughs> yes, there Again, is. Again with the easy questions. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, yeah, I know <laughs> that, that one's, that one's getting in there. Well, I, I Man, I mean, I, I want to, everything that I'm doing, I mean, if you look at my, my, my three primary projects, with, with, you know, coaching and consulting in the brand identity space and helping people understand their value and all that. Right. I got Passage, my mastermind men's group, you know, that, that is a society of men kind of on a quest for a deeper experience and, and that conscious manhood. Again, you know, very congruent. My podcast is, is for you know, seekers and thinkers and doers and whatever that are concerned about humanity and they, they want to have a good conversation about wisdom and, and wonder and culture and all that. So again, consistency there and congruence. My, my podcast is my voice, Passage is my community, and the consulting is where I teach other people, you know, in, in, on the direct, in a direct way like that. And then I'm involved... Um, the other major project that I'm involved with is the Human Space Program, which is launching this year yeah. uh, after years and years of, of development and books and all kinds of stuff. Um, anyway, and I've, I've had the honor of being able to be involved with them as a kind of first That's as incredible. a project manager. And then That's where you're hanging out with my boy, Rick Tumlinson. Oh, Tumlinson. Yeah, he's on the board. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> You're going to have to tell him I said hello, and then I'd love to chat with him. I will. I'll uh, see if I can he, get, a, get him on your podcast. <laughs> yeah, we had an email contact for a while there, and then I I, I don't know 
which one of us got too busy, but we stopped talking, but yeah. he'd be a fun. Uh, that's cool, man. Yeah, you, it, it, everything you're doing is incredible. I, um, I'm, I'm just impressed, you know, no, and, you. and I, and I would say I'm not easily impressed, but there's lots of things that impress me, but you, you've, you've raised the bar. Uh, oh, so, but I also just want to extend some thanks to you, man, because you are definitely out there improving lives and, and changing lives, making the world better. So, uh, that's fantastic. So I appreciate that. So I know other people will appreciate that. Thank you, man. I, I, I appreciate that as, as well. And it's, uh, it's, I, I, I'm, I live a happy life, man. It's, it's pretty amazing. All the yeah. stuff you get to be involved with. That's fantastic. And it all starts yeah. with just loving humans, philanthropy. I would it. say that that is everything I'm doing is trying to get people to remember that. Yeah. That maybe that's a good way to sum it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, love it. I love it. All right. Well, we're at time. Uh, and that is really unfortunate because I'm enjoying it. I love talking to you, man. But uh, why don't you tell people where they can find out more about you online? Uh, you can find me at jaredangaza.com. I assume you'll put that in the show notes for I spelling. Will, yeah. <laughs> and, and then my, my podcast is noeticpodcast.com. Uh, and noetic is about, it's the scientific term for this inner knowing that we have. We talk about consciousness and wonder and wisdom and culture on there. Fantastic. So best places to find me. Always looking for good podcasts, man, especially something that will uh, enlighten me, uh, raise Thanks. my brain. Yeah, right on. <laughs> All right, buddy. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show, man. And uh, I appreciate you inviting me on. Thanks so much. Oh, man. You're welcome back anytime. So for everybody else right now, you're probably hearing the Groovy Bridge music. You may dance in place at will. And if you stick around, I'll have some words of wisdom for you. So we'll see you on the other side. Hey, you're looking for a jump on your own indie author career, but kind of confused about where to start? I got the place for you. Check out Draft to Digital. That's where you're going to be able to convert your manuscript, distribute it worldwide online, and get help the whole way from the best author support there is. Trust me on this one. So go check out Draft to Digital at drafttodigital.com slash wordslinger. Well, as promised, here we are on the other side, and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some words of wisdom. <laughs> uh, my word of wisdom today is uh, let's think let's think about that. What what could I tell you that could be of some value to you uh, personally and as part of your author career? Um, how about this? I have been making a study lately of the philosophy of stoicism and i actually have a guest coming up uh and i may bump him up in the uh the queue a little uh, because i feel like this is a perfect sort of topic to uh to to enter the new year with uh because i think stoicism is a um it's a philosophy that that is that centers around uh, among other things it centers around uh, focusing on the things that you can actually control. And in the grand scope of things, the only thing that you can control is how you choose to perceive the world around you and the things that happen to you and the things that happen in your life. Um, this is a, this will be a familiar concept to a lot of folks. Um, the author, Viktor Frankl, who wrote Man's Search for Meaning, uh, he was a Holocaust survivor and was in multiple uh, concentration camps, suffered uh, the loss of everything he ever knew, everything he ever loved, 
family, his wife, uh, his professional standing, his you know life's work, uh, his health, <laughs> friends left and right. I mean, he lost it all. Um, and in in all of that, he came to realize that the only thing that the Nazis couldn't take from him was this power to choose how he framed uh, his experiences, how he saw the world around him. Uh, he could choose, no matter what happened, he could choose what it meant to him. So man's search for meaning resulted in uh, the discovery that meaning comes from within. Meaning comes from us. We decide what things mean. Now, where this is uh, applicable to authors in particular is, uh, you know, we, we spend a lot of time trying to figure out how to get our books out there, get, you know, get a book written. That's always the first challenge. Get a book marketed and out there so that readers discover it, uh, become successful. And, you know, we take our swipes at things and we tend to follow trends. We tend to, you know, well, if I do this, maybe that'll work. This guy is recommending this service or this guy, this guy or this lady is recommending uh, this strategy. Uh, and we chase that stuff and we try to figure out what's going to work for us. Uh, and then when the when things go right or things go wrong, you know, we judge those circumstances as good or bad, Right. When things go wrong, we tend to fall back on blaming ourselves. Like, you know, I screwed up. I didn't do it right. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good at this. Uh, that's too much work. This is too hard. Um, so instead, if you're practicing anything remotely like the art of or the philosophy of Stoicism, you would look at that and instead of judging it as good or bad, you would simply accept it for being what it is. It's completely out of your control. In the interview, um, we're gonna we'll talk about this a little. Uh, the upcoming interview, um, but he brings up the example of the archer, and the archer um, goes through a process of raising the bow, notching the arrow, pulling the the string, you know, putting tension on the the string. And then breathing, aiming, steadying, releasing. Right up until that release, he's been following this process. Process is something I'm going to talk about a lot more in the future. And you're going to like it. Um, but he's focused on the process. Once he's released the arrow, it's out of his control. Anything could happen, no matter how great an archer he is could be the most accomplished archer on the planet. A falcon could swoop down and grab that arrow in midair. Or the target could move at the last second. Or any number of other things could happen. So he only has control up until he releases that thing. He, the, he releases the actions and uh, allows it to go out into the world. Um, if he misses his target, this archer learns from that mistake. The wind's blowing this way. Uh, the you know the the target is tilted in this manner. You know uh, any number of things that could um, alter his approach. He learns from the experience and tries again. And that is an important lesson to take with us. We only control the process we use, and we only control our interpretation of the results. If he missed, it's something to learn from. If he hit, it may be something to learn from. 
Success sometimes has to have lessons as well. So <laughs> hope all that made sense. Um, I'm happy to chat about it further. Hit me up online. Uh, you can ping me on Twitter at Kevin Tomlinson or on Facebook. Uh, just search Kevin Tomlinson. You'll find me there. And of course, join me on YouTube. If you go to um, kevintomlinson.com slash YouTube, I believe we'll take you to that channel. But you can also find it at kevintomlinson.com or wordslingerpodcast.com. Um, and that, that, dear friends, is going to wrap us up for this week of the Wordslinger Podcast. Be sure to subscribe everywhere you can find it on, uh, on, uh, I don't think it's at iTunes anymore, Apple Podcasts, uh, on <laughs> Spotify, uh, you know, any, anywhere where the, uh, where fine podcasts are sold and pop on over to YouTube and follow us there. I'm going to, uh, I'm starting to, to, uh, push more content on the youtube channel again so retooling experimenting bear with me let me know what works and what doesn't so that's it thank you so much for tuning in to this week's word slinger podcast god bless you hope you have a wonderful weekend ahead and a week ahead and i'll see you all next time Word slinger. Thank you.